haven't cried this much and it ain't no telling how long the enemy been all up in my head all up in my ear but he is a liar he's been a liar from the beginning he's the father of lies and the truth is not even in him hallelujah so anyway, let's jump into the scriptures uh first we're gonna pray father in the mighty name of jesus we thank you lord god for your word i know that it's going to accomplish what it is sent out to do and it will not return to you void father god that's a promise from you, let the, let the words from my mouth and the meditation of my heart, Father, be pleasing to you. Uh, amen. amen. So here we are. It's wartime. We didn't, when you, when you accepted Christ, you signed up for this one. <laughs> Whoever said it was, was going to be a playground, they was very, very wrong. <laughs> and the higher the level, the bigger the devil. I'm dead serious. But this battle, it is Spiritual. This is a spiritual battle. When you're not spiritual, it's like bringing a knife to a gunfight, or even worse, a fist fight. I mean, a, 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 a bazooka fight. You're bringing your fist. It just don't work. I'm sorry. You're about to get blasted. So anyways, we're going to go to um, Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10 in the word Lord reads. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Somebody say strong in the Lord. Lord. Say that one more time. Say that one more time. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Now, this is Paul. He's talking to the church of Ephesus. Now, he started out in chapter one of Ephesus, and he's talking about that you have every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies. And then it ends in verse in chapter six, verse 10. He says in a final word, be strong in the Lord. Now, Paul is letting the church know there's with the battle. I mean, with the blessing, there's always going to be a battle. I remember one year, I think it was about almost a year and a half ago. I preached a sermon called battles, blessings and battles. Blessing and battles, but that's not what this is called. I'm just letting you know that we are blessed. Am I right or am I wrong? Amen. And we are not blessed by the things that we have. We're blessed, but we're blessed because our position is blessed, right? We were placed in Christ Jesus. We were crucified with him, buried with him, and rose to a new life with him, and we're seated in the heavenlies. So our position is blessed. That is our position. Right. But along with the blessing, you always have battle. And Paul is telling the church of Ephesus, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. This is, you knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. I'm talking about your roots growing down in Christ and you building on Christ Jesus. You knowing your identity in Christ, because that's the first thing that he's going to attack. He came to steal kill and destroy but Jesus Christ he came to give us life and life more abundantly the reason why the very first thing he wants to steal is your identity so when you're saved you'll continue to live like a slave he steals your identity it started in the garden it started in the garden go to uh, Genesis chapter 3 go to Genesis chapter 3 Starting at verse 1. So there's battles from the beginning. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, 
You shall not eat from any tree of the garden. Number one, he attacks. He attacked the uh, he attacked the word of God. Now, the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from the tree of the garden. Go to the next verse. The woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden, we may eat. Next. But from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, eat from it or touch it or you will die. Next verse. The serpent said to the woman, you surely will not die. For God knows that in the day you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took from its fruit and ate and she gave also to her husband with her and he ate. Go back to verse 5. Go back to verse 5. For God knows that in the days if you eat, eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Now, the problem with this statement right here is that the Bible says that God created woman and man in what? In his image. So the enemy was offering her something that she already had. So the first attack was on her identity, to steal her identity. And there went the fall of man, and we were separated from God, and we lost our identity. It was the fall of man, us being raised, uh, born in sin and shaped in iniquity, and not knowing who we are. Not knowing who we are. That's how he attacks. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy You've been set free now. You don't have to live like that no more. You're not a slave to sin anymore. You're not a child of wrath, but you're a child of God. You are not lost in the dark. You've been brought over to his marvelous light. You must, when you know better, you must do better. Going back to Ephesians chapter 6. He said, so finally, be strong in the Lord. Because let me tell you something. One thing Paul understood is, is, is in the Lord, you're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. So not only do you fight with the scripture, you actually believe the scriptures that you're using to fight with. You actually believe what you're reading. And get this, the reason why I'm able to believe this so much is because I have a relationship with the author of this. If you don't have a relationship with him, you cannot trust him with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. Miss Heather was talking about it this morning. Trusting in the Lord with all thine heart. He says, finally, be strong in the Lord. That means to be strong in who you are in the Lord and be strong in your relationship with the Lord and believe in the word of God. For some reason, it's like the people that know scripture the most are the ones that don't believe it the most. It's crazy. I have guys that come into the home and they're literally like, I know the Bible. And I'm like, don't tell nobody that. Like, we picked you up off the streets. You were strung out on dope. Don't tell nobody you know the Lord and you know the Bible. Don't come in here and brag about that. Please don't. I said, were you able to apply any of it? 
See, I would rather somebody tell me, man, I don't know much of the Bible, but they obey the little bit that they know. Then somebody that claim to know the whole Bible, I know the word of God, but I can't live a single sentence of it. So it's not enough to know the word. You got to know how to live this thing. You got to learn how to walk this thing out. Get this. And I've told y'all this. When I study my word, I study the word to become like the word and have a relationship with the one that wrote the word. So that when trials come my way, guess what I can do? I can stand on the word of God. Man, I'm just sick. I ain't going to lie, man. I'm just sick and tired. I've been getting my... I've been getting my head beat in. I ain't going to lie to you, man. And it's only by the grace of God. Like, I've literally been sitting here saying, Lord, please take this thorn out of my flesh. And when I'm talking about the thorn out of my flesh is me wanting, me wanting better for you than you want for yourself. And me knowing what's about to happen when you walk out that door and you walk out the door anyways. I know what's going to happen when you don't get on your knees and you don't pray. I know what's going to happen. I know what's going to happen when you don't read your word and you don't stand on the word of God. I know what's going to happen. And I watch you fall. I watch you lean on your own understanding. I watch you not have faith in God at all. I watch you not uh, acknowledge him in all your ways and allowing him to direct your path. You lean on your own understanding. The Bible literally, Paul literally talks about you wasn't even wise to the world. You weren't even wise to the world. The world will literally call you dumb. For real. I'm going to stop. I'm going to leave y'all alone, man. I'm going to leave y'all alone, man. Y'all know what it is. Truth over feelings, man. Truth over feelings. I replaced that. I replaced uh, feelings over cakes and pies with truth over feelings. Because get this, get this. I have to take my feelings out the way and I have to stand on the truth. See, the truth, it can't be, it can't be shaken because the truth is forever settled in the, in the heavens. You see what I'm saying? And it is the truth that will set me free. As a matter of fact, I got, I got, I can't get enough of Jesus because he is the way, he is the truth and he is the life. So finally, brothers and sisters, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might to be. How many of us literally try to be strong in our own strength? I mean, trying to do something for God without God. Try to run for God without God. Try to carry the weight of God without God. Isn't that crazy? Like, and God showed me this a couple of years ago when I was going through some things. And now that I'm going through some things again, he's showing me again. It is you never know how much weight you can lift until the weight is on the barbell. Right? How many of y'all know anything about lifting weights? Okay. Okay. Say you're on the bench press, right? When you're bench pressing, you always have a what? What's the spot's job? The what? Okay, get this. Let me, say, let me tell you what a spot does. A spot grabs the weight when you can't lift anymore. <laughs> See, what God showed me a couple years ago is the same thing that God is showing me right now. 
He put a lot of weight on me. I have a lot of weight on me, but he's showing me, son, I'm right here. And when you can't lift no more, when your strength is, dis- is deplenished, when you are in your weakness, he says, in your weakness, that's where you are strong. Paul said, that's why I boast in my weakness. I said, Lord, take this away from me. And he says, my grace is sufficient, for my power is perfected in weakness. His power is perfected in weakness. He said, that's why I boast in my weakness, because when I am weak, he says, then I am strong, because greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that lives inside of me. So I must learn how to tap into that power. Now, how do we tap into that power? Through humility. That's why the Bible clearly talks about humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will raise you up. His power is perfected in your weakness. It is okay to say I can't do it. It's okay to say that I'm weak. It's okay to, it's okay to say I can't keep going. It's okay to say it. When you're weak, then you're strong. When you get out the way, God can show up and he can show out. Hallelujah. In the strength of his might. The strength of it. I can't do it on my own. I know that. Like I was telling Pastor Raymond the other morning, I said, look. I have to stay on my knees because there's a lot I don't know. So I have to constantly stay on my knees and depend on God, depend on his wisdom, his understanding, his knowledge, his strength, his love. Otherwise, I can't do it. It gets frustrating. It gets so frustrating. You have no idea. Some of you, you have no idea how much we love you. I mean, literally, I was trying to talk to people about and, and I just keep breaking down crime. No joke. Crime for real. Because you're being rebellious. And you're not being rebellious against me or against the rules of the ministry. I'm talking about you guys that are being rebellious to God. You see, I see that God has a calling on each and every one of your lives. He want to do something great and mighty through you. But you refuse to die to self. And so you go out there and let the enemy. Oh, my goodness. Gracious. Hold on. We're going to get into this. Let me, let me, let me slow. Pump the brakes, Ken. Slow down just a little bit. Get this, I'm going to show you what spiritual war look like. Because I think some of us have the wrong idea of what spiritual warfare looks like. This is what it says in verse 11. And the word of the Lord reads. Amen. It says, put on the full armor of God. Put on the what? The full armor. Not a piece. No. Not just a hint. Not, not half of it. Not three-fourths of it. My Bible says to put on the full armor of God. So that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you see what this is saying? It says, put on the full arm of God so that you will be able to stand firm. I'm going to show you what it don't say. Put on the full arm of God so that you can slay the enemy. It don't say that, does it? No, it doesn't, does it? It doesn't say put on the full arm of God so that you can kick the devil in the head, does it? It doesn't talk about you swinging a, a sword and knocking his head off. Any of that does it. That's not what it says. It says put on the full arm of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the devil. Stand 
firm. So to me, what this is looking like to me is I'm standing there and I'm taking a whipping. My family getting attacked. My mind getting attacked. Finances getting attacked. Kids getting attacked. Homeboys getting attacked. Calling getting attacked. And I'm realizing the devil ain't after all that. I'm thinking he is, but what the devil is after, he's after my faith. Y'all missed it. The attack is on my faith. Why is the attack on my faith? Because he's trying to drag me to hell right along with him. He doesn't want me to experience the peace and the joy that comes along with me being in Christ Jesus. So he's attacking my faith. Why is he attacking my faith? Well, it might be because you only receive grace through faith and that not of yourself. He might be attacking your faith because he says this right here. By your faith, you were healed. It might be he's after your faith because he says, by their, by y'all's faith, he is healed. It might be because he's saying in the New Testament, he said, I've never seen faith like this in all of Israel. And because of this faith, your daughter is healed. It might just be because this faith. He's after your faith. I see now he's after my faith. See, all those are lies. See, the lie is, see, he used partial lies, right? See, my son bad, both of them. That's truth, right? That's truth. But the lie is they're going to be bad their whole life and they're going to wind up in prison. He's four and they're four and nine. So me and my wife, one day we get a phone call from both teachers Me and Abby look at each other. I see tears running down her face. I, I, I'm about to have tears running down my face. And my wife looks at me. She goes, kid, what's, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Baby, we don't know what we're doing. I said, I know. I said, I know, baby. We don't know what we're doing. But the devil is a lie, though. I said, He's not finna, I'm not going to get stressed out. I said, they are kids, babe. See, he, the enemy, I thought the enemy was trying to attack my kids. No, the enemy is trying to attack my faith. Yeah. He's not trying to attack your finances to make you broke. Look how many people got money that's in love with the devil. Right. <laughs> no, he wants, he wants you to believe that your God doesn't supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That's what the enemy wants you to believe. He's attacking your faith. I'm, I'm lacing y'all up on some, on some real truth right here. You know, I was told, if you preach about spiritual warfare, get ready for the attack. And I'm like, I'm, already, I'm thinking to myself, I'm already in the, in the middle of the attack right now. You see what I'm saying? And get this. When me and my family moved into, the, moved into the ministry, I already knew that we were going to come under major attack. And I already knew that the enemy was going to put lies in my head and make me think that I wasn't called to do this. And that I was, you know, I already knew that that was going to happen. But God has shown me, son, I've already allotted you the grace that you're going to need to endure through all that. He says, I've already given you the anointing that you're going to need to be able to handle all of that. 
And that's all I had to stand on. All I have is his word to stand on. I can't stand on my own word. I can't stand on no money because I ain't got none of that. I can't stand on my vehicle because that ain't even in my name. I can't stand on nothing but the word of God. Amen. I'm serious. You better get this. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is why Jesus said man must not live off bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Man, I can't make this stuff up, man. He says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Somebody go to, y'all go to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles 20. Second Chronicles 20. I'm going to go to verse Go to verse 15. Now, I'm going to kind of tell you the story before I get, you know, before I start reading this. But what's going on is King Jehoshaphat, he's the king of Judah, right? Now, he has three armies, and each one of these armies is greater than, his, than the army that he has. And they are coming against him to attack him, right, to attack Judah. So instantly what he does is he goes to the Lord. And then he tells all of Judea and all of uh, Jerusalem, he says, I need y'all to pray fast and seek God with me. So as they pray, they fast, they pray, and they seek God, the Spirit of the Lord fell upon this, upon this man. And this is what he says in verse 15, the word Lord reads. Amen. And he said, listen, all Judah, I was saying Judea, okay, Judah, all Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus say, says the Lord to you. And this is the Lord speaking. And I believe this is the word that God is speaking to each and every one of us today and in this time. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, because of this warfare that you're in. Because of this enemy that is attacking you, because of the thoughts that's going on in your head right now, he says, do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. I can almost drop the mic right there. The battle is not yours. And if God be for you, then who in the world could be against you? If God be for you, then who in the world could be Our God is like a kajillion and zero. He has a winning record. I'm talking about he hasn't lost a single fight. Amen. Do not fear or be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. Next verse. Tomorrow, go down against them. So he wants you to, he wants you to show up to the battle now. Behold, they will come up from the exit of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Drill. Next verse. You need not to fight in this battle. So he wants you to go to the battle, but he don't want you to fight in this battle. He wants you to show up for war, but he don't want you to lift a finger. You need not fight in this battle. Station yourselves or position yourselves. So he wants you to go down there. He wants you to take position. I'm talking about a mean post up. You know, 
You know what I'm saying? Some people, some people got some posts that make it look like they can really fight and they ain't got a BB tata. But they sure look like it. You know what I'm saying? Selling them whoop tickets. So God, so God said, you don't even need to fight. He said, station yourselves, take position, stand and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. This is what spiritual war looks like. This is what it looks like. We'll try to overthink it. We'll try to overdo it. We'll try to fight in our own strength and our own ability. We're trying to come up with a battle plan and all this stuff. And God is saying, hey, let me fight this. And on the cool, to be real with you, to be real with you, that was the Old Testament. And the New Testament, guess what? The battle's already won. <laughs> the New Testament, the battle is already won. So get this. What the enemy want to try to do is make you believe that he has a chance of winning. He wants to try to make you believe that you can't win. He wants to try to make you believe that you out of there. But God is saying you don't have to fight for the victory. What he's saying is you fight from the victory. That the victory is already yours. Because get this, Jesus is the one that won the battle. He put you in Jesus. So the same victory that he has is the same victory that you have. And you have overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus. So get this, he said, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out and face them for the Lord is with you. Go to the next verse. Jehoshaphat, he bowed his head with his face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Now this is even before they've even gone out to battle. This is just a word from the Lord caused them to bow down and begin to worship the Lord. Next verse. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we fight our battles. The Levites from the sons of... Yeah. And the sons of... Karat. Yeah. And stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a very loud voice. Next verse. They rose early the next morning, the morning, and went out to the wilderness to... Take, yeah. And when they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Put your trust in the Lord your God and you will be established. Put your trust in his prophets and succeed. Next verse. When he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who sang to the Lord and those who praised him in holy attire. As they went out before the army and said, give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. See, in war, you put the elite soldiers on the front. And guess what they put on the front? The elite soldiers. They put the praisers and they put the worshipers. You know what? I'm not even going to. So what began to happen is these armies... Two of the armies killed one army, and then the other two armies killed one another. And you know what? King Jehoshaphat and his army was able to go and collect 
all the loot. See, there's a reason why we fight these battles. And there's a reason why God has us in these wars. It's so that we can collect the loot. You should never be having a battle and you ain't getting something from it. Go back to Ephesians. Ephesians 6. Verse 12. Ephesians 6, verse 12. And the word Lord reads. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is why you must get spiritual, because the battle that we're warring, the battle that we're fighting, the enemy that we're warring against, it is not a battle or enemy of flesh and blood. But this battle right here is warring against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness, against the spiritual forces of weaknesses in the heavenly places or in the unseen world. This is the enemy that you can't see. You can't swing any punches. You can't put the guillotine on them. You can't put them in some special chokehold. I mean, you can't do a karate somersault kick, karate kick across the jaw roundhouse. You can't do none of that. I'm sorry. But even though, get this, but even though we are in this world, but we are not of this world. And our weapons, they are not carnal, which means our weapons are not of this world. But we do have weapons, and they are strong and mighty for tearing down strongholds. For tearing down strongholds. Therefore, number verse 13, read it off this. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything to do what? To, wait, to, that don't say to whoop nobody? Wait a minute. You mean to tell me that ain't saying to slap the devil? No, what this is telling me is having done everything, I need to do what? Stand firm. For some reason, that's your hardest problem is just standing firm. Standing on the word of God. Being so easily moved, tossed to and fro like a... Yeah, whatever you just said. He says, be still and know that I'm Lord. He says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. Man, I know the beginning of this thing and I see the end of it. I know exactly the war. I know exactly the battle. And I promise you, I've already allotted you the grace that you're going to need to overcome, to be able to stand firm, to be able to stand firm against the wiles, the schemes of the devil, to stand firm, to stand firm, to stand firm. Be still. And stand firm. Verse 14. And then look at verse 14 say. What's that say? Stand firm. No. No. See, I really truly believe that some of us got spiritual warfare all backwards. We got it all backwards. We're thinking we're supposed to be throwing things at the devil. I think we truly believe we're supposed to be throwing scripture at the devil and knocking the devil out with a scripture. 
But when I see what this is telling me about standing firm, therefore having girded your loins with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, go ahead and, 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 I'm, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one and the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayers and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all this, for all the saints. I'm not seeing anything about me knocking the devil out. I'm just not. And as a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if the word is telling me to stand firm, then that means the scripture, the Bible verses I'm throwing out there is not for the devil. The Bible verses are for me. The Bible verses are for me. See, I believe, this is just what I believe now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty dead on with this one. When Jesus was being tempted, right, in the wilderness by the devil, and the devil was tempting him, and then Jesus would say, would respond, what the scripture says, such and such, right? Jesus wasn't just telling the scripture to the devil. He was, telling the, he was saying the scripture to himself. Because if you were actually to read the scriptures, you'll see that he was being tempted by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The same way Eve was being tempted in the garden by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And so these scriptures that we must stand on, man, we're trying to slay the devil with them. We need to be trying to slay ourselves with them. Because this right here is a gospel. It's a gospel about the only way that we live is if we die. The only way we live is if, is if we die. Now, out of all these, I want to talk to y'all about the helmet, the helmet of salvation, right? The helmet of salvation. I'm going to talk to y'all a little bit about protecting your mind. The mind. Though a man thinketh in his heart, then so is he. The enemy knows that if I can just get in his head, I can't tell you how many times I've told the guys this, and I feel like I'm saying it over and over again, but I keep seeing them fall to the exact same thing over and over again. So I have to continue to repeat myself over and over again. Watch out what you allow your mind to meditate on. He attacks your mind with a lie. Actually, what he uses is he uses the things of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life to entice your flesh. And he makes it seem right to a man. Like, like literally, he uses the things of the world to entice the evilness that's living inside of us. And he actually is able to make that thing right there seem right. In this way that seems right to a man, it always ends up death. He's a liar. Like, literally, he can make you believe that you married the wrong woman. And then make it seem right. Y'all think I'm playing with y'all. I'm not playing. 
He'll literally make it look like you walking out on the, on the plan that God has for your life, walking out on your calling. He'll actually make it seem right. See, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, that way, it leads to death. But he'll make it seem right. And all he's doing is he's using the world. He's using the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life to entice you. He's using what's already in your heart. And he uses that to entice you. And this is what drags you away from God. And as long as you're away from God, guess what? You don't stand a fighting chance. Because the only way that you're an overcomer is when you're in Christ Jesus. That's it. And separated from him, you can do nothing. That's what the Bible says. I can't make this up. I mean, you wouldn't believe the warfare that we're going through right now. It is crazy. And I know that after I preach this, I already know it's and I'm not going to sit up here and tell the devil to bring it on. I'm not doing that. But what I am saying is I'm not scared. I'm saying that I was not blessed with a spirit of fear, but I was blessed with the power, with the love, power, and a sound mind. See, and I know that the devil is a liar. And I know that anything that pops in my head that's going against the word of God, I know it's not true. That's why I stay in my word. Not so I can preach to you. Not so I can teach you. Not so I can Bible box with you. I read the word of God so that I can stand on that. Because what I want to do for God is just, it's, it's, it's blowing my mind. What I want to do for him, is, it, just, it just, it blows my mind. I can't even believe the capacity that he's using in my life. And I understand that what I'm doing, it comes along with, with the battle. And what you're doing, do you, think, do you think for one second that you're going to get your kids back without a fight? That you're going to get your family back without a fight? You're going to get your wife back? You're going to get your life back without a fight? You're going to get your hope back without a fight? You're going to get your mind back without a fight? Are you serious? You can't do nothing for God without a fight. Nothing for God without a fight. He attacks your head. See, he understands that if I can just get in his head, the whole body is going gonna, is gonna to follow. Does anybody know anything about riding horses? You know about riding horses? Okay, so you can take a 150-pound man and put him on a 2,000-pound beast. You can put a, a bridle on a horse, on a 2,000-pound beast, a beast that weighs a ton. You see what I'm saying? That outweighs you by 1,850 pounds, I believe that is. Ooh, that math was good right there. <laughs> Get this. He outweighs you by a good bit, right? You're able to put a bit in this horse's mouth, put a bridle around his head, and you can pull his reins to the right. And guess what happens? The horse's whole body will go to the right. The enemy knows if I can just get in his head, and he ain't even a 2,000-pound beast. He's a 150-pound junkie. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but anyway he said, if I can just get in his head, if I can just get in his head, if I can just mess with his mind, his whole body will follow. You know how many guys tell us they leave the home because they see a vision? <laughs> They had some vision. God showed them something. God showed them something. Man, it's crazy. Crazy faith was the word today. I got crazy faith, and God's going to move, and he's going to provide for me. Let me go. I'm gone. 
I'm like, are you serious? You must be playing me. Cleveland looked at him and said, man, what's wrong with you? <laughs> are you serious? I, I was like, I was speechless. I was like, I, know, I was like, man, you got to be playing with me. Quit playing, boy. But for real though, this battle is not a, it's not a game. It's really not. And as a matter of fact, this ain't even a simulation. Not even in here, it's not. There's real missiles coming at your head. There's real bombs coming at your head. And you do have a real enemy. That's why the Bible says to be alert, to stay sober-minded. Now, this sober-minded, you have to understand, he ain't talking about drinking being drunk and being high, even though you need to be sober-minded in that area too, because it says be sober-minded, there's many things that can intoxicate you. A woman can intoxicate you. A man can intoxicate you. A blessing from God can intoxicate you. He said, be sober-minded, for you have an enemy that's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. And he's, all he's trying to do is catch you off guard, catch you being a little intoxicated with the thought of getting your family back, with the thought of getting your kids back. And he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. But you're so intoxicated with trying to get this and trying to get that, trying to get this and trying to get that. I already have this and I already have that. And you're so intoxicated. And you're easy pickings for the enemy. He says to be E, that's the old King James Version, Sober-minded. And even there's another verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. It says, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and sober. Aunt preached a, 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 an amazing sermon on Wednesday, and it was, and it was talking about lazy, lazy faith, right? He says a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will creep up on you. And he was talking about your spiritual, your spiritual life. And I, and, and I love that because that's the only way that I, that I preach that or teach that is it being about your spiritual life. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, and poverty will actually creep up on you. See, the thing about getting creeped up on is you're not expecting poverty. <laughs> Have any of y'all ever got blindsided before? Oh, yeah. Zachariah, you played football. Have you ever been blindsided? You didn't see the lick coming. What happened to you? I, I got blindsided one time playing football. It was cold outside, and a snot bubble came out of my nose and came with, through my helmet, went down and slapped somebody across the face, came back and slapped me in my face because I got blindsided. I didn't see the hit coming. See, the thing about being blindsided is you can't brace yourself for the hit. And the Bible is saying a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, sleeping during prayer time, not reading your word, and wanting to go to sleep during three to five and not want to stay up a little longer and read your word, not wanting to study, not want to get that extra prayer in, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. And he's saying you will be slapped, slapped dab in your face with poverty. That means you'll be spiritually bankrupt, spiritually dead. You won't have nothing to fight with. And all of a sudden, you won't even realize you're there until you're already there. It creeps. It blindsides you. 
You don't even realize you're impoverished. You don't even realize you've lost everything. You don't even realize you've lost your family. You don't even realize you're spiritually dead until you're walking out there with a needle in your arm, a bottle in your mouth, prostituting yourself again. You don't even realize that. You're wondering, how in the world I got here? It's because a little sleep, a little slumber, and a little folding of your hands. See, one of the things is a lot of some of the guys, you know, you know, and I would tell the guys, you know, that they tend to be good workers. I tell them this thing is spiritual, man. You see what I'm saying? When the enemy attacks you, you can't swing a hammer at him. What you gonna do? You gonna get out a tape measure and tie him up with it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You gonna get one of them poles you're using to make a little machine and slap him with it? I'm sorry, it don't work like that. It doesn't. I'm trying to tell him this thing is spiritual. And if you're not being spiritual, and if you're not learning how to fight in the spirit, and if you're not learning how to war in the spirit, you will be taken out. You'll be taken out. And I don't want that for anybody. That's why I tell you, get spiritual. If you're out fundraising, you come in and you pray. You stay up a little bit, you read your word. When you're on the road, you read your word. For those of you that are not in the home, when you're at home and you get home from work, you open up your Bible. You spend some devotion time. If you got to get up an hour early, please do. If you got family, like for me, my wife is in a bed. She's, you know, she snores real loud. Don't tell I told y'all. But she snores loud. So you know what I do? I get up and I go in my closet. I got a nice size closet, man. It's nice for real. But anyways, I go in my closet and I pray. I get up early and I go in my closet and pray. Sometimes he wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. And I go in my closet and I pray. I pray. See, when he's saying, I'm standing at the door of your heart and I'm knocking, and you hear me, and you let me in, I will come in and dine with you. Those nights when you're sleeping and you wake up, and you have the unction to go pray, but all of a sudden you're too tired, that little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands, you know what the Lord is trying to say? Hey, I want to come in. I want to sup with you. A lot of people use that as an evangelistic uh, scripture, but it's not. He's talking to the church. He's saying those that are born-again believers that are sitting in a church, a little sleep, a little slumber, he's saying, I'm knocking at the door of your heart. And I need you to hear me. Those that hear me, they'll open up, and I will come in, and I'll share a meal that I have with them, that I have for them. I share a revelation that I have for him. I share a bit of wisdom that I have for him. Some knowledge that I want to share with for that I want to share with him. My love, I want to share it with him. But I need them to hear. I need them to open up so I can come in. But a little sleep, a little slumber. And this is spiritual warfare, man. I'm serious, and it's real. It's real. And if you haven't gone through it, you will go through it. I promise you, and a lot of y'all are in the middle of it right now. And some of you don't know what to do. You're like, hey, Pasquia, come pray. Hey, Pasquia, lay hands on my head. Pray for me. And I'm like, why don't you pray for me? <laughs> All right. Why don't we pray for each other? It is real. It's real. And the enemy, he's lying. And when he's coming to you, attacking you in your mind, and you come to me and say, well, the devil is attacking me, and he's telling me lies, well, thank you, Jesus. Just reverse that lie, and there you got the truth. Amen. You ain't never going to be a man of God. That's a lie. You're never going to get your family back. That's a lie. Nobody's ever going to never going to trust you. I never thought anybody was ever going to trust me. And all of a sudden, man, I'm, I've never been so trusted in my life. And once upon a time, I thought I was never going to be trusted. 
I thought my life was over with. I thought I had completely destroyed my life. I was hopeless. But one day, one day, one day, day not only did I fall in love with Jesus Christ, but but I began reading his word and believing what the word said. I began to believe what the word said about my situation. I began to believe what the word said about his love. And I began to believe what the word said about me. And I didn't let church determine me, the world, my peers. I didn't let anybody be able to tell me anything about myself. If it wasn't coming from here, now somebody can correct me and they can do all that. But I'm talking about telling me that I wasn't going to amount to anything and telling me that can't be true, you can't do this and you can't do that. Something that God is telling me I can do. Like, I believe I can speak to a mountain. Hey, come here. Watch this mountain move. See what I'm saying? Just that easy. You can go back and sit down. (laughs) I'm just showing you I can move a mountain. Your name is Mountain. But anyways, man, I'm going to go ahead and close out. But some of y'all in here are going through some spiritual, spiritual warfare right now. And some of you don't know how you're going to get out of it. You don't know how you're going to get through it. But I'm telling you, you need to feed on the word of God. And you need to believe the word of God. And you need to stand on the word of God. And you need to believe what the word of God say about you. Go to Psalms, Psalms 91. And I'm going to close with this, Psalm 91. Psalms. Verse 1, starting at verse 1. He who dwells, in the word Lord reads, Amen. He who dwells in the shelter of the, of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For it is He who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or of the arrow that flies by day, of the pestilence that, stalk, that stalks in darkness. Y'all go ahead and stand up. Or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not approach you. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. For you have made the Lord my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in in their hands that you do not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and a cobra. Come on, somebody. The young lion and the serpent will trample down. Because he have moved, he has loved me, therefore I will deliver him. And I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. 
he will call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble and I will rescue him with honor. And we're going to stop right there on that. Get this. The Bible says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Now, this weapon that is formed against you, it may hurt. You may get a little depressed. It might make you cry. It might knock you down, but it's only going to knock you down to your knees. And the only reason why the enemy keep on attacking you, the only reason why he keeps swinging at you is because you refuse to go down. Because some of you in here believe that you're more than a conqueror, that you're an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And if God can be for you, then who can be against you? So this altar is open. I know some of you are feeling weak, but it's okay. The Bible says for where you're weak, then you are made strong because his power is perfected in your weakness. Amen.
be your friend on the safety of your eyes. Open my eyes, I want to see you more clearly. Open my ears, I want to hear you speak. Lord, tell me your thoughts, what's on your mind. I'll be your friend, I want to see through your eyes. I want to see